This is Helping with Happiness, episode number 145. Today I get to chat with four amazing bloggers from the Dallas Metroplex, and we're talking all about our experiences during the deep Texas freeze, what it was like for each of them, all their different experiences. Some had no water, some had floods, some had no power. It was just crazy. You get to hear about their personal hardship, their the strength-building experiences, the tender mercies in their lives, and the opportunities to serve and band together. I love, love, love that this is airing the week of International Women's Day because this episode truly shows what women are made of. Hi, I'm Hilary Hess, and you're listening to Helping of Happiness. I am a crazy mom of seven kids who loves to build memories through eating delicious family recipes and going on adventures with my family. On this podcast, you'll be introduced to light-filled people and ideas that inspire me to be a better mom and help me bring family closer together and closer to Jesus Christ. What a treat to have my dear blogger friends from the Dallas-Fort Worth area over on our podcast today. We are all going to talk about this big Texas freeze that came in here a couple of weeks ago. We are from all different parts of the Metroplex, some from the north, some from the west, some from the east and the south. And so I think this is a really good little painted picture of what it maybe was like in different areas. So let me introduce our friends. First off, we have Jamie. Jamie, can you say hello and introduce yourself a little bit? I'm Jamie Harper. I blog at Fly by the Seat of Our Pants and I fly standby around the country with my four kids. And I'm also on Instagram by Fly by the Seat of Our Pants. And we had Jamie on our podcast before talking about her flying adventures and also owning an Airbnb and what that's all about. Hey, Roselle, let's say hi to you. Roselle was on our podcast during the summer when Black Lives Matter was going crazy and we talked about cancel culture a little bit. Roselle, (laughs) say hi. Hi, how are you? Good. Tell us about your blog and what you do. So I'm Roselle at NDFW Family, blog about family fun in the city and just looking for wholesome activities. Awesome. And then I have another couple new friends to introduce you today that I'm super happy that you get to hear from. Maddie, will you tell us about your blog? Hi, I'm Maddie. I blog about finding family fun in the city and also seeking outdoor adventure. My Instagram handle is my name. It's Maddie M. Scott, and I blog at crosswalksandcairns.com. And then Melissa, tell us about you and your family. Yeah, I'm Melissa Jackson. Um, You can find me at Jackson underscore on Instagram. I'm a motherhood in DFW, blogger, content creator. I talk about things that are going on in the motherhood journey, but also a lot of family-friendly things that I do in DFW with my kids and family. So we thought we would go through the week of the events of when the freeze came in and then afterwards a little bit, big freeze happened the weekend of Valentine's Day. So maybe just a couple days before that. So Thursday, February 11th was when for us school was canceled and there started to be ice on the roads and there was that crazy pileup of 100 cars in Fort Worth. What were you, were you guys doing anything to pair at that time? Where were your minds at? What was happening with you guys at that point? Saw Jamie that night. <laughs> we, right. we, we had, uh, we went to an event at a hotel and 
the first way that I was impacted was I know a lot of people who were supposed to be at the event decided not to go because they didn't want to be on the roads. I decided to drive to the event at the hotel, but last minute I booked a night at the hotel instead of, uh, I was planning on just coming back home after the event, but I booked a night at the hotel just so I wouldn't have to drive home in the, on the icy roads. Thank you, Maddie. And then Jamie, in our area, it really was nice weather. It was kind of like bizarre to hear that there was bad weather elsewhere. We had sun and, um, but our, we were, had our home rented on Airbnb and our guests contacted us and said, Hey, there's a hundred car pileup on the road we're taking to come up to your house. Can we cancel? And we told them that we, they could, but 24 hours later, they decided they were going to come anyway. And so our, since our home was rented, we had a vacation planned. And so we kind of fled the state and we were, I was happy about leaving, but we also thought we would get home before the, the big storm hit. And then Melissa, did you? So, I mean, Fort Worth is pretty far from Frisco. So we, our weather wasn't bad at all when that happened. It was, you know, like Jamie said, there was a lot of sun. Yeah, I just remember, of course, that that was Valentine's Day weekend. So I'm sure everyone was making fun plans. But I went to Costco that morning. And typically it's not crazy, but a combination of people preparing for really bad weather, as well as Valentine's Day weekend, it was just swamped. Like everyone was grabbing everything. So I just remember it kind of like people were in a little bit of a panic mode already. And this was... I believe it was Saturday. How about you, Rizal? Yeah, I can agree with um, Melissa. We were actually doing a Costco run, just randomly picking up uh, everyday essentials. And my daughter takes cheer in Carrollton, and we live in Forney, which is about an hour drive. And her coach was like, hey, it's up to you if you want to come or not. But we decided to stay just to, just to be safe because of what we heard about that pileup. So for us in Forney, the weather was pretty mild. But we did our little Costco run just to, like, prepare for something big. Okay. Okay. And that was the day we were worried about our furnace because we'd had a couple of friends whose furnaces were kind of on the fritz and even a couple whose ended up going out. So we were covering our windows with blankets that were really drafty and shutting the heating vents to our kids' rooms. And we moved them all in the game room upstairs because that heat just kind of gets trapped up there from it's just like super toasty and warm up there did you guys put your covers on all your outdoor spigots and stuff like that did that yeah Yeah. we went and got some a couple of maybe it was even earlier in the week I heard it was going to freeze and my husband said he saw a big pile at Home Depot and I thought those are not going to stay I'm going to go today and get them and I was so glad because they were almost gone and that was like Wednesday or Thursday before the storm hit so that mm-hmm. was such a blessing. And I grabbed a couple extra, which ended up being really helpful to some friends of ours that didn't have any. So I was so glad that we yeah. did that. So, okay, let's hit Valentine's Day, which was the day that it all kind of hit on Sunday. Where were you guys at and what was, was happening? Maddie, go ahead. We had actually planned to go out of town that weekend and meet some friends in Waco. We were I have some friends in Houston and we were just going to meet halfway at an Airbnb. And a few days before, my friend from Houston was saying she didn't want to drive on the roads and and she wanted to cancel the trip or postpone it. And I felt fine about going. I was like, we can just kind of hunker down together, play like all our kids can play together inside. But she was the one that kind of made the call and said, no, I'm, I'm not going. And it turns out that that weekend, 
my in-laws were coming to town to surprise us. I didn't know that my in-laws were even coming. So my mother-in-law called and and said, oh, shoot, I heard you're going to Waco this weekend. We are actually coming to visit you guys. How long are you going to be? When are you going to be gone? And I said, oh, well, good news is we just canceled our, our Waco trip. So, so we will be around when you guys are in town, thankfully. Bad news is it's not going to be a fun weekend for you guys to be in Dallas. <laughs> we're not going to Waco, but we're not going anywhere. We're, we're literally staying inside the whole time that you're here. So having company when all of this is happening. Mm-hmm. Oh my goodness. Just so crazy. Anyways, so they showed up Friday night is when they showed up. So it up. was before the free, I mean, well, I guess yeah. it froze that Wednesday night, I guess going into Thursday mm-hmm. because the roads were all frozen in Fort Worth area on that Thursday morning. And so mm-hmm. they flew in right the day after that then. It was yeah. kind of confusing the timeline because it froze like a few different times. So mm-hmm. it kind of goes and waves a little bit. <laughs> Jamie, you guys were out of state, right? So yes, we were in Palm Springs and it was beautiful weather. And um, we were hearing bit, tidbits from home, but we really didn't prepare like you guys did. I mean, we eat all of our food when we leave for Airbnb. So we had no food left. We hadn't done anything and we had strangers in our house, but at least we thought, well, they're using the water and the home is taken care of while they were there, but we were not prepared. Let's go Monday morning. We woke up to not having any power that morning. It had been out for seven to eight hours. Pretty much any meat or anything like that in the fridge was bad because, you know, the temperatures weren't safe anymore. Luckily, I had on emergency preparedness gal and this, I interviewed her like in December. So I knew about fridge temperatures and all, you know, after four hours, it's really getting kind of dicey with your food in there. So I knew those kinds of things. And it just happened that that episode aired the week of the freeze, which was not even planned. So that was crazy. So I took that as a message. I need to be way more prepared that the Lord's talking to me. I was glad that we had put all the kids in the game room because their bedrooms were just freezing with no heat to reach those exterior rooms and the drafty windows. So what were you guys like on Monday? Yeah, for us, we were um, like slept through the night, no problem. We woke up around three in the morning. We felt something was different. Like our house was getting colder and colder. Like what's happening here? And then we realized that our power went out and our house temperature dropped to like 58 degrees. And we're like, this is not normal. So then we jumped up and my neighbor texted me around four in the morning and asked me, do I have water? I'm like, we have no water here. (laughs) Oh my goodness. So when she said that, we were just like, okay, let's just get up. So we woke up super early. We put the kids all in one room. We put all the blankets on everyone just to keep ourselves warm. And we just started to get into like that mode. We have to get stuff done because this is bad. (laughs) So that was our mindset. Let's start figuring out what we need to do because we need to get through this. So did you guys have a fireplace or anything to warm up your house or were you just... No fireplace, nothing. So we're already making a plan for our next home, what we need to have in our next home. (laughs) Anybody else? What else is going on for you guys on Monday? When we woke up, we had power, but we could tell that the power had been off and we had the rolling blackouts. But we got pretty lucky. Our house stayed warm, even with the rolling blackouts. Our fridge stayed cold. So even the lack of power was, it was definitely inconvenient, but uh, we feel pretty lucky that we mm-hmm. were warm and, and our food was cold. What about you, Melissa? What was happening with you guys? 
in my particular part of Frisco, we didn't have any power outages. We didn't have any water cut off or anything like that. Tons of friends, of course, all throughout Frisco. And, and a lot of them had experienced not having power for hours, like days um, that we, you know, we found out later on. But they didn't have water. They didn't have power. And they were just a few minutes from where I was located. We noticed that in our area, too. It was really weird how some neighborhoods or even part of neighborhoods had power and water and other ones didn't. If you were hooked up to where a fire station would be or a school or some kind of hospital, you generally had your power the whole time. But if you weren't, it was just this rolling game of all kinds of stuff going on. Mm -hmm. Now, Jamie, is Monday when you guys finally got a flight home or when did you get in? So as soon as Dallas knew that a, a snowstorm was hitting, they canceled all the Sunday night flights. So we knew ahead of time that our flight was going to be dicey, if not canceled. And so we were supposed to fly home Monday morning and we woke up Monday morning. Our fire alarm went off at our hotel at 4 a.m. So we were up at four and didn't go back to sleep, but it was okay because we had an early six o'clock flight. So we drove to the airport and two minutes from the airport, we got a text that our flight had been canceled. We fly standby, which means canceled flights fills up all the other flights. So we ended up flying to Phoenix and back to San Diego because there's a lot more options from San Diego. And the next morning we flew home from San Diego. So Monday morning, and I was a mess. I was terrified to fly home because I was hearing all of these stories that what you guys were going through, no food, no water, no heat, no way to cook food. And we got a notice that our power was out. And uh, just a little backstory, we had a rat in our minivan. We have four children. And so we had only one car and it's an electric car. We have a Tesla and it only runs on electricity. So if you don't have electricity, you cannot drive. And I was worried about getting us home in a in one car in the Tesla. And I didn't know what the roads were like. And I just cried the whole flight home because I was so scared to come home. I just wanted to stay in California. And if it had been my choice, I would have stayed. But my husband wanted to check on the house and wanted to get the faucets dripping and, and check on the pipes. And also, um, he thought that if we didn't get home, that the flights would completely fill up at the end of the week. And because we fly standby, we just we, we have to get on flights when they're open. So we headed home and the roads actually looked pretty good. I mean, it was like 10 degrees, but the sun was shining. And so there was snow melting and we're from Utah. So we were comfortable driving in it and we were able to get home. The power was out all day long. As soon as we walked in the door, the power was still out. 30 seconds later, it turned on. So I just started making dinner like a mad woman. We didn't unpack the car. It was just like, make dinner. That's all I need to do. And we sat down to dinner an hour and a half later and the power went off. So I just, God said, welcome home. Here's a little bit of heat. Make some dinner for your family. And and it was like, it's all going to be okay. Yeah. Such a tender mercy. Roselle, tell me, what does it look like when you don't have water? What creative things were you doing? Because I saw on your social that you're melting snow to flush toilet. Yes. Oh my goodness. Had, that was all my husband's thinking. I was telling him, I'm like, thank God I married a Eagle Scout because he <laughs> was just function. <laughs> so he went out and he just started getting buckets of snow and we melted on the stove when we had power because it, it was rolling okay. blackout. So, so you guys have an electric stove, so it wasn't okay. working. Okay. So we'll get power for like 20 minutes and we're like, hurry, let's get melting the snow. So we melted snow and we used that to flush our toilets. And but we stayed in contact with our neighbor and she would just say hey, we she had water for a little bit of time before it froze again. So we would go to her house, grab water, 
but for the most part, we were melting snow to like flush the toilets. <laughs> Gosh, that is so crazy. <laughs> Let's go into Tuesday. What was Tuesday like? Melissa, is this when your stuff started getting a little crazy? <laughs> yeah, so Tuesday's when it all fell apart for us. The irony that we just happen to have episodes air with Plan for Awesome all about emergency preparedness during the Texas Deep Freeze disaster and the week after is not lost on me. I saw it as a blaring message to me from God that me and my family need to get more prepared. Thankfully, Melanie from Plan for Awesome has some easy to follow ebooks and guides to hold our hands step by step through preparing our homes for emergencies and guiding us through our 72 hour kits. With her help, I've already begun purchasing supplies like fire ladders, fridge and freezer thermometers, and a gas shutoff tool to get even more better prepared. Today, we want you to join us, and I have a coupon code for you to make it even easier. You can get 25% off anything in the Plan for Awesome shop. All you have to do is put in code HAPPY25, that's capital H-A-P-P-Y-2-5, in the checkout, and you can have 25% off anything in the shop. Like I said, we we had water and power the entire time, and um, our apartment complex was just saying, okay, make sure you're dripping your pipes, you know, so it doesn't freeze, and so we were making sure to do that, and then I think it was around 5 o'clock, my husband was working from home, and when your pipes break or burst, whatever, you can hear it. It's like this, it's like, it sounds like maybe I would imagine like a, an iceberg breaking kind of a sound. And my husband knew exactly what it was. He's like, our neighbor's pipes just burst. So all of a sudden water starts coming like like a rain. Like It was just a terrible feeling um, seeing your house start to flood. But what happened was it was flooding my neighbor's home and it was flooding his kids' rooms. And so he hurried and called 911. I just froze, like, because when that happens in an apartment unit in your complex, a blaring alarm goes off, like, so loud that you can't even think. And so I just knew, like, okay, like, grab the kids and it's freezing outside, right? So we put them in our car because they're just crying and they don't know why this alarm is going off. And um, one of our neighbors walked by and she's like, uh, are you okay? And she's like, is your house okay? Is it flooding? I'm like, yeah, it's flooding. She's like, I'll go find help. So she was out walking her dogs. So she went and found help. And then our other neighbor called 911 and the fire department came out and they shut off the water and they kind of let us know if we could stay or whatever what, about the situation. And so when we, uh, they came in the house and they're like, okay, so what happened was the sprinkler system busted. So it wasn't even like our pipes or the neighbor's pipe, it was the sprinkler system. And so they shut it off and they're like, okay. And so we were trying to figure out what we were going to do. We were putting towels everywhere because we didn't want more damage to spread throughout the unit. Um, luckily for us, our kids' room was perfectly fine and the, li and the living room was fine. So a hotel was not an option like at all because all these people were out of power and out of water. So the earliest we could get a hotel was Saturday. So this happened Tuesday and Saturday was the earliest when we could get a hotel. So we kind of just uh, <laughs> slept in our living room and uh, just booked the earliest hotel we could find. Yeah. And 
you know, we work, try to work with our insurance, but of course, when a natural disaster happens, they're super booked as well. So we didn't even talk to an adjuster from an, our insurance until over a week later, I would say, is when they finally kind of assigned a specific person to us. So, and we're still living at a hotel right now. So <laughs> that's not been too fun. But yeah, that's kind of what happened for us on Tuesday was just kind of just flooded our unit. So crazy. So horrible. <laughs> and then Maddie, you had something I could see you coming on. We keep talking about having, we had no food and no water. And I don't know if we ever clarified that it wasn't because we couldn't go get some. It was because all the stores were legitimately closed. There was nowhere yeah. to go. Like there was no all the restaurants, all, all the, the fast food, everything. So if you didn't have down. anything in your house. You didn't, you didn't have anything. You kind of had to rely on, on neighbors. There was a lot of neighbors helping neighbors, which was pretty cool. But again, a lot of people who did have food lost the food because they lost power in their fridge. So uh, I don't know if it, just if we made that clear that the no food, no water was a problem because we couldn't go get any. Yeah. And the water was frozen. Yeah. <laughs> it's a big problem. And even if a grocery store was open, the roads were horrible. You know, they were absolutely, I think all of us here have lived in a place with snow before and we're used to driving in it, but I've never lived in a place so unprepared for this type of. There's disaster. just no plows at never. all. <laughs> it never happened so there's really not a need for them to have like plows and all these things and so what made it really tricky was one it, I mean if you even could get to a grocery store safely I mean everything was already gone it was like COVID you know part two where the grocery stores were completely empty of the food but there was still toilet paper so <laughs> I know, but no milk, nothing fresh was there, at least at ours. No eggs, no milk, no meat, all that was, there was plenty, no chips. That was another funny thing to see gone. Everyone was grabbing chips or any like easy thing to eat that you wouldn't need to cook up. Oh, you know, what was open. I think we went on, I don't remember if it was Monday or Tuesday that we went, but we drove to Bucky's. We drove 20 minutes <laughs> to a Bucky's and it was open and we all got fountain drinks and snacks. And I think we got lunch there. So thank goodness for Bucky's. Bucky's saved the day. I love it. <laughs> I think we helped a few people out of the Bucky's parking lot that didn't know how to get out of their parking space in snow, but a lot of people were there <laughs> and I'm glad they were open. Well, and that's something to think about, too, is that the, even the store parking lots were insane because they don't have snow removal. So there's just, it was just a mess, you know, when you go somewhere mountainous or where they usually have snow, they usually are clearing those parking lots so you can actually at least get in and out. But that was so crazy. That's funny when you said that we don't have any snow plows or anything to like clear out roads or parking lots. We went to Bucky's as well. We saw Maddie. She was like, we need to just go there and get something to eat that's hot. But we saw people with brooms, like literally brooms, pushing snow from the entrance so people can actually walk through there safely. So they got creative here. Very creative. <laughs> I know. We saw, you know, like those plastic container, the lids that go on your underbed box. We saw a lot of people trying to shovel walks with those kinds of things. Or we were trying to shovel walks with just a regular dirt shovel. Because at least it was something so that it wasn't quite so icy. Yep, that's but... what we've used a garden shovel. <laughs> that was us too. A challenge where you boiled the water if you had power and you like threw it up in the air. 
and it would froze and it would freeze and make snow. I don't know if you guys saw that, but that was everywhere. On yeah, the- we did that. That was one of our first. I think Maddie did that too. <laughs> we did the, the food coloring the snow. Did you guys see that one too, where the kids are painting with the food coloring on the Yeah, we painted we snow? painted snow too. And that was great. That was- the kids wanted to play in the snow. And they could do that without being cold. We just could do it inside because everyone was too cold to go out because it was so (laughs) awful. (laughs) I liked how creative people got with sledding. We actually bought a sled four years ago on clearance in Utah and brought it home and it has not been touched. And so the snow came out. We grabbed our sled. We had a bunch of kids. So we had cookie sheets, uh, skim boards, snow uh, boogie boards, and then that one sled. (laughs) Funny how many people I saw, I probably saw a hundred people sledding over those few days. And I think I saw maybe two sleds. (laughs) (laughs) People were sitting on everything else. We used boogie boards. There was cardboard boxes, Tupperware boxes, laundry bins, anything you can think of to get you down Mm -hmm. a hill. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Another major part of our snowmageddon story that will be affecting us for quite some time was that our chapel was destroyed. So due to some pipes that were bursting and water damage throughout the church, it was so bad. So between COVID and now Snowvid, we have had to rely on ourselves to teach our children Sunday school at home. We were so grateful to discover Enoch Studies. Enoch Studies provides weekly activities and printables to supplement Come Follow Me Home and Church curriculum. And they have resources not only for kids, but for teens and the whole family can really enjoy it. We've really loved using their digital downloads, but are super excited about their new snail mail option that is now coming out where they are mailing out these printables in the mail. So it's one more step that you don't even have to worry about. You don't even have to print it at home. So we've got a coupon code for you so you can get 30% off anything in the Enix Study Shop. That coupon code is capital H-A-P-P-Y 30 exclamation point. So capital happy 30 exclamation point will get you 30% off anything in the shop. So go use that coupon and enjoy having to not worry about doing your Sunday school at home with anything you just follow the guide. Jamie, I want to hear about Tuesday morning because you just opened your arms and I love the way that you just embraced service as a way of getting through all of this disaster. We had had power on and off through the night, but we contacted some friends and they hadn't had power at all since Monday morning at like 5 a.m. We said, come over for breakfast. And as we're cooking breakfast, we were making eggs. They were all cracked in the pan and the power went off. I was like, oh, darn it. They're halfway cooked. Um, (laughs) came back on 20 minutes later. So we like just whipped everything out as fast as we could and started cooking again. They were at our house. They stayed all through the morning. And then they got a notice that said, if you don't have power yet, you will not get power again until Thursday. So that was Tuesday morning. And so we just said, you guys are welcome to stay. And they went home, grabbed their stuff. They stayed with us. So they had four kids. We have four kids. So it was a party of 12 at our house. And one of our toilets, the water to come into the tank, that line had frozen. And so we had two toilets for the 12 of us, but at least we had heat and they brought, I I said before, we didn't have much food, but they brought all their food over to our house. And so it it was like a a win-win for us. And then we just made food for the kids while the kids played and they just had, the kids loved it. So those little tender mercies gathering together actually helped both of you out so much in that instance. What were some of the hardest things for you guys going through it? 
My husband, he's an accountant and this is the busy season for accountants with the April 15th deadline. He was really stressed on Monday trying to work in 15 minute increments <laughs> between the power outages. And it's like, by the time you get everything rebooted, the power was shutting off again and he just couldn't take a break from work. So that was a struggle that he was stressed and not getting work done. We ended up having a friend reach out to us and say, hey, do you guys need anything? We have power. And my husband said, actually, can I come work at your house? So Gavin spent the week working at a friend's house. So that was that was a tender mercy. That was very nice. Monday was stressful, but the rest of the week, he was able to go work over at a friend's. And then you have your in-laws in town. <laughs> yeah. And were you feeling so sick? Because you're pregnant and I know you've been super sick. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So my in-laws coming to town, I felt, I felt very bad for them. Like I felt very disappointed for them that they chose of all weekends to come visit us, that they chose the weekend that we couldn't go anywhere, do anything. They, they came out wanting to see my son play. He had a hockey game and a basketball game scheduled for that weekend that they were in town. And that's one of the main reasons they wanted to come and they weren't able to see those games. And so I just felt really bad that they were there, but I am so grateful that they were there. <laughs> it was such a blessing for me because like I just said, my husband was stressed with work and then ended up leaving to do his work. I get, I get really bad morning sickness being pregnant. I spend a lot more time on the couch than I would like to admit or that I would like to. And my kindergartner, his school was canceled. So I would have probably been a wreck if it was just me not feeling well, trying to take care of my boys, not being able to do much outside, not really having power inside. It was so nice to have grandparents in town to help keep my kids entertained and uh, make the best of the situation and keep things light and fun. Mm -hmm. So one of my takeaways was a little bit of survivor's guilt because the power outages were totally random. You know, some people had nothing. I mean, it's interesting, even in this group, we had one with no water, one with no power, one with a flood. And I was, and Hillary, it sounds like you had a lot more outages than we did. We basically had power the whole time, except that one day that we were gone. So there was a lot of like, why do we get power and they don't? And there was a, a lot of like, I have a nice warm house. And I felt like, should we lower the temperature in order to suffer with the rest of the state? Or, <laughs> you know, we'd be comfortable. We were trying to conserve energy and we were trying to conserve water and we were trying to help out. But really, did it make a difference if we lowered our temperature five degrees for, right. you know, for uh, Maddie? Would she get power if we did that? You know, I don't know. But there was a little bit of like, we have a warm house and there are people out there that are freezing. And I kept trying to invite people I knew and let people know they were welcome to come. And we did have that one family with us, but I just felt like there's options out here. You know, we have food and water and heat. And then there's other people down the street that are struggling. And um, I think also my kids had such a fun time with their friends living with us that they didn't even know that it was a week of, of, terror for some people and I mean in some ways I'm glad we shielded them from that but in another way it's like they don't really have empathy for the hardships that other people went through because they didn't there was no hardship for them they showed up for breakfast and then they played until lunch and then they showed up for dinner and there was there was really nothing to be afraid of and I know that many people didn't have that experience and it feels like feels like why why did we get a lucky experience and other people didn't right 
And I think for me, our, my terror was just the lack of water. We had no water for four days. And that was the most scariest feeling that I thought I would never experience. I'm from Miami and we've gone through hurricanes and I've never been out of water or power for more than a day. So just experiencing the lack of water was very terrifying, but I do commend Maddie for being so helpful. And, and we're like neighbors. We're only like, what, 10 minutes apart, 15 minutes away from each other, opening her home to us. And I really appreciate that. But I felt like we needed to stay in case something happened. What, you know, what we're going to do to protect our home because we heard of people pipes bursting and whatnot. So for us, it was just water. What we, how important it was for us to not have it. But when we got it, it was just the most exciting thing to see water coming out of your pipes. <laughs> oh, I can't imagine going without water for that long. It's like, come up here, get water. But I mean, the roads are still bad. And I totally get what you mean about not wanting to leave your house because you never knew if you're going to be in a situation like Melissa was where, especially in a home where you're the one that's going to have to shut off the water, not like an apartment complex where you probably don't even know where that shut off is, but exactly. It was like, man, we just got to hunker down and kind of protect. And you never knew it was coming next. Cause we would go a couple of days of power and then ours would be all over the place again. So that for me was some of the anxiety is not knowing how long is the power going to stay? When is it going to go off again? Just the unknown was probably the hardest part for us. Oh, it really was for us, especially having the rolling blackouts. Like we were in a high for 20 minutes and then that anxiety would hit that the power would go off. So it was like really you're very on high pressure, intense mode the whole time, not knowing if it's going to stay longer or shorter. So I think that's was the buildup was the anxiety of that was really yeah. hard for not for me, but for my kids too. Yes, I know. <laughs> it was like, kids, run around, go do this, go do that. At least that's how I felt. It was oh, when the power was on, it was rush around and do something. Uh -huh. And then when the power was off, you know, you were just kind of waiting and the waiting was anxious in a different way than the action Wait. when the power. So it was, there was, I don't know. For me, I mean, I was stressed, but I didn't realize how stressed I really was until it was over. That weekend after, we were just toast. We just, me and my husband, were so <laughs> exhausted. We did not hardly do anything that Saturday. We just were like, woo. We took a physical toll on our bodies that we didn't realize it was taking in the moment. Well, and what was interesting, it was almost like a pregnancy where you know there's an end. We could see the forecast. We knew yes. that it was going to be seven degrees on Sunday, which was like unfathomable when you're like When it free. was literally almost an 80 degree difference because it was one degree on, you know, yes. earlier in the week. Crazy. Not a wind chill. I think it was down to like negative 16. Yeah. Feels like. Yeah. But um, so you could see like, hey, this is going to end. But you know, how will it end? Will our pipes burst? Will our house be flooded? Will, you know, um, and I think it, it's also interesting that even when we had power, we didn't have um, cell phone service or Wi-Fi most of the yeah. like some time. And so it was like, what's working and what's not working. And the kids were all set up to do online school. And so we all assumed we would be doing online school, which was a huge benefit of COVID. But then we couldn't even do online school because who knows which kid has house power or Wi-Fi and which doesn't. So there was a, a total equity in that. And so they just canceled school completely. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that was crazy for us too. And they were saying everyone should try to save their power. And so they didn't want everyone hopping on their devices and using their power even. Yeah, it was crazy. Yeah. So then it's like, okay, we're all stuck trapped in our home for a week. 
I mean, I can send them out for 10 minutes out in the snow if my power happens to be on so that I can warm the kids up when they come back in. But if the power is not on, I'm not letting anybody open a door or leave the house or anything. Mm-hmm. So it was a little bit of cabin fever for me too. It was like, here, I've got to entertain all these kids and I'm stressed out. <laughs> it was exactly. crazy. Yeah, it was definitely humbling to see like, oh man, I guess quarantine could get a lot worse. <laughs> <laughs> so there was that meme that was like 2020 learn to stay home 2021 same thing but this time let's test your survivor skills (laughs) (laughs) and I'm like let's take away their water let's take away their power let's take away their road system and restaurants and chick-fil-a and all of that was just taken away and I was like well can't even drive to target (laughs) fighting for toilet paper and that week we're all fighting for water and we're burning toilet paper to stay warm. <laughs> exactly. Well, I think for me, the biggest takeaway was, I mean, you can be as prepared as you can. Cause like, I honestly felt like we were so prepared and then, you know, something that's completely out of our control happens. Like we had firewood, we had full gas in our car. We dripped our pipes. We, you know, had, emergency battery if we needed to plug in or charge our phones or whatever but I think um, you could do everything right and things still happen and you gotta you gotta kind of figure out some ways to cope (laughs) I'm still learning that I still you know I know you guys were talking about there's an end in sight for us there's not an end in sight right now like um, we have people still taking measurements for our unit you know and they came from Kentucky like they're sending people from all over, like at our hotel right now, there's people from Illinois and, you know, there's so many um, contractors, construction workers, plumbers um, that are still in the um, hotels along with us. And so I think it's definitely been a humbling experience for me because I'm that type of personality that's like, if I'm in a bad situation, I'm going to get myself out of a bad situation. There is always a way for me to help myself. And in this particular situation where it rely, where I rely so much on other people and like their actions, it's been kind of hard for me to kind of accept that like, okay, I guess I can't uh, be the boss. I mean, I can do certain things, you know, we're staying in our hotel and maybe we'll go stay with family if the stars align or whatever. But um, it's also really hard to do that, you know, with little kids and one that has allergic to everything so just going anywhere can be a little tricky for us as well yeah that is really hard what about you other girls are there any takeaways that you've had from this experience that you would have for future possible disasters <laughs> I think for us we just started making a list like when when we had our rolling blackouts of course when the power was on we frantically cooked or watched tv or just do things to get our mind off of the stress mm-hmm. But when the power was off, we literally just start taking notes of what to do to improve. Uh, like Musa said, the natural disaster can come and take away even, even the things you feel like you're prepared for can be wiped out as well. So we just start taking a mental list and just write down what we can do to improve. Like we didn't even drip our pipes. We didn't even think about that or fill our bathtub with water, stuff like that. So we just started doing inventory and my husband made it a point to know our neighbors. We just moved into our new development and we know maybe 50% of the neighbors in our neighborhood. And he just said, hey, we need to know the people that live around us because we never know if they need our help or vice versa. So we were just trying to build a community in our own neighborhood. 
Um, but yeah, so that's all we've been doing, doing that and just being um, prepared with like generators or sleeping bags, or just stuff like that. Just making a mental note about what we can do to move forward and buying a lot of water, buying lots and lots of water. Having lots of water on hand. That is super yeah. important. <laughs> we have a lot of what we bought like those big blue containers, yeah. you know, years ago, and we've been storing them in our garage, but it's been so long since we rotated that water. I, I didn't really want to have to go to all the trouble to clean it. So we got an advisory his Tuesday night that they were possibly shutting off the water in our city that night. And so we were filling up every plastic container and Tupperware and jar, anything that we could find in case it went out. It didn't end up going out for us. And so I now still have all of this water hanging around. So we've been taking lots of baths and pouring half of that water in there and then adding the hop. I was also grateful because we had some friends, that coworker of my husband's in Frisco, who was out of water for days. So he ended up doing a run and bringing water up there. And love that you said getting to know your neighbors, because that was a huge thing, was checking in with our neighbors and just seeing how everyone was doing. I think it all kind of kept us going, that we yes. knew that there was someone else going through it. And I don't know, there was just something about that community. And I even feel like all of us together have bonded in a way over this event that people that didn't experience this crazy snowmageddon or Dalaska <laughs> or whatever everybody's hashtagging it right won't really kind of understand but anyway that's kind of for us is there anything that you would like to share that we haven't touched on or anything that you feel like you would want to do differently or have ready for the future like Roselle was saying getting the water and the sleeping bags I think it's important to have some meals that you can do without any heat or water. Yes. You know, pop open a can and eat it. So I could only think of peanut butter and jelly and we didn't have any bread and or cereal and milk, but also milk was, unless you had some powdered milk or, but then you need water. I mean, just <laughs> compound, right? Like everything. It was like, we can't do that because of this. We can't do that because of anyway just have some meals I think that's why the chips were gone right it's oh, yeah the chips are totally gone yeah <laughs> yeah just having some some meals you can have that I mean we like stock up our freezer with all these meals we can Me? make <laughs> notice but that help if you don't have heat exactly so camping stove with the propane tank or your grills mm -hmm. and we have a Traeger grill but also doesn't work without electricity <laughs> Yeah, that's one thing we talked about, um, Jamie, is like buying meals like soups or canned items that you think are good, but we're going to start buying that and eating it as a family to see if we really like those type of meals. That's then if something happens, like, oh, well, we really like these type of meals, let's buy more of this in a variety of packets. But if you just buy soups and you never eat that soup, when it's time to eat it, you're not going to want to eat that soup. So just look at different canned items that you can just start incorporating in your meals throughout the year and see what's your favorite and just have that as one of your staples that's ready to eat quick meals because we learned. <laughs> I really like yeah. that you said that, make sure that you like it because I noticed that during that whole time, we were just looking to comfort meals. That's what we wanted to eat. It was like, <laughs> I don't care about a salad right now. I want something <laughs> that is just going to be comforting and warm we luckily have a gas stove so when our power was out at least we had we could we could warm something up on the stove but who knows another disaster maybe gas would be off as long as well as electricity I mean you just don't know right but 
yeah, I, I really think, and I, Jamie, when you were saying, cause we talked about this a little bit before meals that you can do without having to heat them up, you really got my brain going. So like opening up a can of refried beans with some chips or like right. tuna with crackers or at least mm-hmm. something that would fill you up some variety. So I'm really glad. I think I'm going to get some kind of little food post ready. We'll have to have some ideas about all of this. After realizing the importance of having food that is ready to go in my family in the kitchen pantry, I got a list together of 30 meals and snacks using shelf-stable food. And this is all available in my freebie resource library. That's where I keep all my free printables and meal guides and three weeks of dinner ideas and meal planning kits and all the different things that I've got. So go to the show notes. You'll see a link there on helpingofhappiness.com where you can put in your email and then you'll get an email that has the password so you can access everything in that freebie resource library, including those 30 meals and snacks that are using the shelf stable food. So something that that I feel like I need to prepare better with is making things like waterproof um, because we had a lot of things like our 72 hour kit, our food storage was like under our bed because we just like never use that. Right. And so when our room flooded, that kind of got destroyed. And so having um, things in an area or in some type of, uh, I don't know, Tupperware or a big plastic container that if water does, it's not going to penetrate your sleeping bags. It's not going to penetrate your flashlights and your masks and things like that that are in there. Roselle mentioned this, but having wipes and, Mm. you know, because you can't take showers if you want to stay fresh, have wipes. Like, obviously I have babies in my home still. And so like, that's not a problem, but other people that don't have young ones might not have wipes. And we were trying to conserve water for others. Like we never, um, didn't have water, but so having paper products on hand, um, not not for just those days where you don't want to do dishes, but for also if something like this happens where you're trying to conserve water, that Mm -hmm. you're not going to just have a big pile of dirty dishes at the end of all this. And so I agree. (laughs) That was one of my things stock up on paper plates because it was awful having piles of dirty dishes in a sink with no water. (laughs) So, yeah. What were some other things on your list, Roselle, as you were making a list? Do you have any that come to the top of your head? Yeah, so we put generator and we're actually just researching all kinds of generators. There's loud ones, there's ones that don't make noise. Like it's just a lot. What do you want to power in your home when your power goes out? So just researching generators is really important for us. Um, Paper products, like Mrs. said, wipes. We're going to buy those five gallon water jugs and just keep three on hand, but rotate it continuously. Mm -hmm. So cook with that water or um, drink that water. So we're just going to continue keeping those big five-gallon water jugs in our home. So yeah, stuff like that. Those are great. I think one thing that's interesting, my sister-in-law is down in Houston and they lost their home in the Hurricane Harvey flood. It's interesting because what they did to prepare was they made a bunch of casseroles and stocked up on food and they were ready to go. And then what happened is they lost their house and casseroles were like not helpful at the time. And so it's sometimes it's like, you can do as much as you can to prepare. Like, it sounds like Melissa has a lot of food storage and 72 hour kits, but she didn't anticipate the disaster that happened for her. And so, you know, I think it's important to prepare, but also there's an element of you just got to flow with it because 
being prepared doesn't mean you're going to be ready for that thing. Like, like Hillary said, it could, next time it could be the gas and that could be the issue. And now we don't have heaters or, and then people with electric ACs now are housing the people that had gas ACs, you know, right. or heaters. <laughs> and um, so anyway, it's, it's, it is important to be prepared, but there's an element of like, you just got to like relax into it because you cannot, you cannot um, know ahead of time what it is that's going to happen. Mm-hmm. I love it. Oh, okay. Anything else? Anybody? Anything else? Was- um, something that <clears throat> we haven't really touched on is uh, I like to get through things by uh, making the most of it and trying to have some fun and having some humor. And in doing that, I we need to be sensitive to those who are going through really hard times. Agree. But mm-hmm. but I don't think that because others are going through hard times, I don't think that should uh, stop us from making the most of our situation. You know, my boys loved going out and playing in the snow and they had a lot of fun. My, my older kid didn't want the snow to go away because he loved going out and playing in it in his, in his, uh, raincoat and his (laughs) cotton gloves and, (laughs) and his pajama pants, even though we weren't prepared for it, we tried to make the best of it instead of kind of moping and saying, oh, this stinks. We weren't prepared. Uh, and then me and my husband and, and my in-laws, we loved looking at like the funny memes and the funny TikTok videos. And that just, it just made us laugh and keep it light. And I, I think that's great. I think that's totally great to do as long as you don't uh, disregard that people need help and there are people suffering. I think it's still great to find the good. I, agree. I love that, Maddie. What were some other things that you guys did to find the good? Like we ended up with candlelight dinners, which was kind of magical, even though it wasn't something that we really wanted to be doing, but Mm -hmm. but that was cool or games by candlelight. We did a lot of candles because we wanted to try to keep the house warmer. So we didn't use our flashlights as much and the candles at least provided a little heat, not a ton, but something. Let's go Roselle first and then Melissa. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. So we did sledding. We had one sled and we just were lucky our backyard has a little incline. So we did that. We did the painting with the snow. My daughter thought it was snow cones. So she started to eat it. I'm like, we're not eating this. So um, what else we did? Uh, but then yeah, dinner by candlelight. So it was like Maddie said, you have to find the joy and humor in it because with young kids, we can't freak them out and make them scared. We just have to, you know, make it fun. And so we enjoyed doing, doing, doing that together. What about you, Melissa? You know, my kids are really young, so they really didn't understand what's going on. It is a little confusing right now because we're kind of in between homes. Like we come to our house during the day, but we can't sleep here, so we go to the hotel at night. And so it's a little confusing that way. But you were saying, you know, what are some things that kind of helped you get through it? And for me, it's perspective. So in our situation, you know, like I said, our, you know, our, part of our unit flooded and so we're not able to stay here but um not too far from where we live is a another large unit that caught on fire and 62 units were destroyed like completely destroyed um and it's you know it just I'm like yes my situation sucks like not being we're going on three weeks not being able to like sleep in our apartment 
but to have everything gone like forever. So we were able to take some things over there, you know, like blankets and shampoo and phone chargers and, you know, being able to provide a little bit of service, you know, once the roads were safe to drive to those individuals suffering and, you know, the news isn't talking about what happened anymore. You know, it's like not something, um, but you still have people like that who their lives are completely changed forever and they don't have a home to go back to um, or are still living at apart um, hotels and things. And so I think that that really helped me was just, I mean, yes, my house flooded, but at least it didn't catch on fire. But like Maddie said, I think humor was a really big thing for me um, I liked seeing the funny memes. Like I didn't get offended. You know, someone's always going to get offended no matter what, but I think it's important to find, like everyone was saying, like the joy when you can, or the humor, humorous parts of that situation. Mm -hmm. I love that. I also love that you brought up service because that was something that really got me through too, was just trying to see how I could help other people around me or seeing the kind acts of service that I saw other people doing for other people it just made you feel good in all the mess that something positive was coming from all of it. But yeah, like people are still so good. Like we had strangers, like, you know, people were DMing me, like, what can I do? Like people from different states, what can I shop for? Um, neighbors that I've never even met, like, hey, come over, have a play date with my kids. They can stay, do laundry and all that. So just like, you know, you really, I was able to really see, you know, because I'm a native California person, but um, I was really able to see that Southern hospitality extended to me, you know, that people were going out of their way and helping, helping each other out, you know, like everybody was trying to just do the best that they can and, and help when they could. Mm -hmm. Love that. Well, let's go around since we're running out of time here and let's, I just want everybody to share their handles and their blogs one more time so everybody can know where to find you now that we've been chatting about this and I'm so glad you would all spend some time with me because I just think this is such a good part of our Dallas history is what we've gone through and our family history and personal experiences and I know I'll never be the same after this experience of between the tender mercies that happened and the struggles and there were so many opportunities of growth through this whole experience. So let's go through, let's start. Roselle, you want to start? All right. So you can find me on Instagram at N I underscore DFW underscore family. And my blog is ndfwnbeyond.com. Yay. Okay, Melissa. You can find me on Instagram at Casa Jackson underscore. And then my blog is casajacksonblog.com. So that's where you can find me. Maddie. My Instagram handle is my name. It's Maddie M. Scott. Maddie's spelled M-A-D-I. And my blog is crosswalksandcairns.com. And then Jamie. Yeah, I'm at, on Instagram at fly by the seat of our pants. And also the blog is flybytheseatofourpants.com. And we'll link to all of you guys in the show notes. You want to follow all these amazing, amazing ladies. I just love them. All hey. right. That was awesome. Thank you so much for being with us today. I'm so happy I got to introduce you to my friends. They are just so, so wonderful. So go follow them. And I hope that if you enjoyed this episode, you will share this with your friends and give us a little rating and review and subscribe on Apple Podcasts if you have a minute. We would love it so much. Have a wonderful week. 